Well, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And sitting next to me, our co-host, the one, the only, Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. It's good to be here, even though it's extremely hot out in Wisconsin today. I suppose it's typical for the 4th of July. We're recording on the 4th. so What better way to celebrate independence? I've been uh, recording a couple podcasts. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I, this is why we can work together so well. We think alike about this kind of thing. <laughs> and that is the reason, by the way, you're going to hear some background noise, and that's the air conditioner. And under no circumstances am I going to turn that off. So Absolutely uh, not. <laughs> non-negotiable. So if you hate the audio quality of this episode and future episodes we record this summer, then, well... We don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unless you want to start sponsoring us to to sweat like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I, I don't want to do Probably that. Probably even then. I don't know. Yeah. I'd rather do this in a meat locker than... That's true. Um, That's true. But anyway. All right. Well, we are continuing our series on the book Unquestioned Answers by Jeff Myers. Is that three or four weeks in a row now you got it right? Well, it helps when I have the book in It's true. <laughs> but... So we've come to chapter 8, the title of which is, It's Not My Place to Judge. Bray, I don't want to judge you, but, or, you know, I, I, I remember years ago, right in this classroom, there was a senior class, that, that, was, their, that was their phrase, don't judge me. Uh-huh. You can't, who are you to judge me? You can't judge me. That seems well, to be a popular phrase. They just jumped today. on the uh, cultural bandwagon with that one, huh? <coughs> I think we've talked about this before, uh, some, you know, we, uh, you've seen on Facebook or somewhere the thing with all the stuff that's in the Sermon on the Mount, everything yeah. else is marked out except don't judge. And you know, the problem with that is life is making judgments. You, know, you you get up in the morning, you decide, you know, I mean, judgments can be as simple as just deciding to get out of bed, to do things, to go outside, to, you know, whatever. But we also need to be judging situations in life. You know, how, how can we become responsible citizens, uh, voters, without hearing opinions and deciding whether we agree with those opinions or not? But it's even more important than that. Um, When Jesus said that, he was talking about something, uh, specifically not being judgmental without doing some self-judgment first. Right. Um, You know, I, what he said is, you know, make sure you take the plank out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And yet... Elsewhere in Scripture, I'm thinking specifically of the Apostle Paul, he says, you know what, I'm not going to judge those outside of the church, but I am going to judge those inside of the church. Mm. Christians are held to a different standard because of our relationship with Christ, you know, because, you know, because of it's not a relationship so much as, you know, I mean, it is that, but it's also a religion that has does have some guidelines, some do's and don'ts, that if you cross over the line as a believer, you will, should be judged for that. Yeah, it, it, it's a fantasy to think you can live in the world without judgment. Right. You know, I get a phone call from a telemarketer who's telling me he's got a great uh, 
property for me to buy hmm. somewhere. Um, if I just give him my social security number, or, of course. or I get you know the email from the Nigerian prince that wants my <laughs> bank account number, I'm going to make a judgment and say this guy is trying to rip me off. Yeah, that um, would be a good judgment to make. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have to make judgments. That's just part of life. Um, but I, you hit on it when you said there's a difference between making a judgment and being judgmental. Yes. And I think that's where we slip into uh, the trap and the thing we have to be aware of. Because if I can be judged, and I, I, I have that tendency. Mm-hmm. I sit in a Sunday morning service and my tendency is to not just listen to the pastor and glean from the word of God, but I'm, I'm critiquing his exegesis. I'm critiquing uh, delivery. Sorry, Phil. Um, <laughs> but, well, and I then mean, Phil any, gives me a lot of, a lot of fodder that's for that. a Michigan fan deserves to be <laughs> judged. No, um, it's all right. Phil's probably not even listening to this. Well, you never know. <clears throat> but the thing, the thing about it, I do that too. I mean, when you've been trained Theologically, biblically, and you've you know, prepared sermons, you've prepared other things, it becomes really hard not to do that. Yeah. And yet, you know, um, you know I, that's probably a, a place where we need to show as much grace as possible. Right. So I can be judgmental toward others, and when I'm doing that, um, I, I don't want other people doing that back to me. And that's where the, the hypocrisy comes in. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm preaching, I don't... Sorry, uh, Ray, I don't want you critiquing everything that I... And you've heard me preach a couple of times. I, and I, I don't think you've done that. At least you haven't vocalized it. Um, <laughs> and I thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, but you, you're usually pretty encouraging after. Um, it might hurt you a little bit to do that. But um, <laughs> I don't want people doing that to me. Right. I don't want people being that nitpicky when it mm-hmm. comes to... Um, how I preach my messages. And I think the other problem is um, the problem people have with you're too judgmental, whatever. Sometimes it's not a matter of hypocrisy. Sometimes it's a matter of guilt. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be judged because I know what I'm doing is wrong. Right. Yeah. That, that is the other side of the coin, right? Um, and yet that might be God's way of working on right, you to right. get you to come back into his way instead of your own way. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, this goes, uh, it's huge right now in our culture. You've got the, the conservative side, especially around election time. Oh yeah. You know, judgments going on left and right. You've got the more liberal side doing the same thing. And then, I mean, what judgment does, it separates us into us and them and doesn't allow a whole lot of even just sitting down at the table yeah. and trying to talk things through in such a way that we can come up with a synergy that makes the situation better. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily to compromise, so I, it might be a little bit of it. but Well, in politics, yeah, well, you're going to yeah. have to. But you know, to try to come up with ways that's going to come out helping as many people as possible yeah. um, is is a huge thing for that. So he comes up with Jeff Myers uh, three things here uh, that Christians. Well, before I even get there, I want, I want to get your take on this passage. Uh, he mentions John eight as some people um, 
bring that up. So you can't judge. We already mentioned kind of Matthew 7, judge not lest you be judged. Little King James there. Um, <laughs> we, we talked about that. It's not just... Uh, yeah, it's easy just to take that one verse in isolation. Mm-hmm. But when you look at that and say, don't be hypocritical, which yeah. is a whole different story. But then John 8. John 8 is the story of the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the woman at the well, excuse me. Uh, this the is the woman caught in adultery. adultery yes. Yeah. And she's brought before Jesus. The Pharisees drag her in, and she's been caught in, a, in the act of adultery. Mm-hmm. And so, aha, Jesus, what are you going to do? And so Jesus begins writing in the sand. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they start walking away. And he says, basically, is there anyone here to condemn you? No, well, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Now, see, this woman was a sinner, but Jesus didn't condemn her. So, therefore, don't judge. Well, I mean, in that situation, it's pretty obvious that they're trying to set up Jesus and they're using this woman. I, I think, and I think others think, that the person she was caught in adultery with was one of them. It could have been, yeah. You know, um, and so, you know, if adultery is wrong, which it is, where's the guy? Right. Where you know he should be involved in this uh, kangaroo court or whatever they thought they were going to accomplish by that. But it was all put on to test Jesus to see whether or not he was going to do what they thought the law said was required. Yeah. In other words, to stone this woman to death. And, you know, Jesus always has a way of turning the tables on their interpretation of the law to get back to what G- what God wanted in the beginning. Yeah. You know, God has a lot of positive things to say about women in the law. Right. This is this is just obviously uh, another failed attempt on the part of the Pharisees. That was a judgment statement. By yes, the way. yes, it was <laughs> by the Pharisees and the Sadducees to trap Jesus. I think also. I mean, we're not going to get into this debate, but I know there are some scholars who debate whether those those that passage is actually actually in the canon of Scripture. I know. Um, but we're not going to get into the higher criticism, all that stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, because I'm not smart enough to do that. Uh, um, I've been there, done that. It's really not much fun. <laughs> but I, I also think the, the whole, as you kind of said, the whole situation there is messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in that, yeah, the guy is not there. It takes two to tango, as they say. And so uh, if, if she was caught in the act, there's no reason why the guy shouldn't be brought in as well. Right. And so, therefore, this whole situation, um, again, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's not a we want justice. Mm-hmm. But it's Jesus. What are you going to do for and trick you? And and Jesus doesn't simply ignore this. He says, uh, "Depart and sin no more." So right. he does call this a sin. Yeah. Um, but God, in His discernment, realized what's really going on here. And well, I'm yeah. assuming there's probably some guilt on the part of the woman who sure. um, she knows she's guilty. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's there's some repentance going on there as well. Well, and that's I was going to say this this is grace in action. Yeah. Um, not, you know, grace is getting something you don't deserve. And right. mercy, you know, it's a simple, simplistic, yeah. but mercy is not getting something you do deserve. And I, I can imagine, just imagine the joy bubbling over in this woman when Jesus 
said what she said. I mean, it's almost like in disbelief that yeah. she said, there's nobody here to judge me right. anymore. And and then Jesus said, I don't either, you know, go and sin no more. I mean, it. Jesus never, ever, ever says it's okay to sin. Yeah. But he goes around about things in a way to get you to change your life differently yes. than what a lot of And I think that's uh, really good because I don't think this woman, the first thing she's like, okay, I can do this again. Right. No, I think I've got a second chance. Yeah. I'm not going to do this again. Well, and, and I, because the this person who everybody knows is of God has loved me enough to not condemn me. Right. And that is a bigger, a lot bigger motivator than telling somebody you can't do something. And that's good for us to know because we're, our job is not condemnation. Right. I'm not the judge, um, but I am to give the message that the judge has given. Mm-hmm. So uh, my goal is not, when I, when I confront someone with their sin, my goal is not condemnation. My goal is restoration. Mm-hmm. My goal, excuse me, is to restore a lost sinner. And that's, that is, uh, comes from the language of love. Yeah. For that person, uh, you know, I, I, to me, a lot of this all comes back to we're all created in the image of God, yep. and Jesus died for everybody, and because of that, everybody has value, everybody deserves to be treated as other people right. would be treated or should be treated, right. and not as second-class citizens. You know, there's a lot of this racial and gender identity yeah. and all that stuff that. Now, I know a lot of Christians that are looking down their noses at people. Yeah. And I just don't think that that's the right thing to do. So, well, cut, it, so cut it out. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, I don't think it's just a racial thing. But no, it's, it's, no. It's, it's anything to do with, it's easy for me as a Christian to think I'm better than someone else because I'm saved, they're not. Right. I'm a Christian, they're not. Um, they're a homosexual. They're a transgender. They are an adulterer. They are um, a liar living in sin or whatever. Thief but my scripture stuff. tells me I'm, I'm no better. Right. I am absolutely no better. I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And my job is simply to tell the truth because I want that person to experience the same conversion, the same joy, and the same uh, restoration that I have. And the, the thing about it is that takes time. Yes. Again, you know, we keep coming back to this idea of of time and taking the time and getting away from the simplism that right. uh, Myers talks about earlier in the book. I'm glad you said that word. Nothing. It's it's like it's 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 so easy. Yep. To judge. Yeah. It's so easy to condemn. It's so easy to do this or that or whatever, but it's so wrong to do it that way. Yes. You know, uh, the fact that Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, you go and sin no more. He didn't give her the easy way out. No. He really didn't. I mean, uh, and that's the kind of standard that the church needs to see today. Right. Um, You know, and now we do need to talk about what Paul goes through, though, when he's talking about, is it in Corinthians, the, the guy who basically was sleeping with his stepmother. Right, yeah, First Corinthians 5. He, uh, you know, and the church didn't do anything about it. Yeah. He's, he basically says, 
you know, he wasn't getting on the guy so much as he was getting on the church. Right. You've got to do something about this situation. Yeah. This is not something that should be happening in the church. So the, the idea of confrontation is an important uh, tool for any believer. All right, well, I want to get to, to Myers' three points here about oh, how yeah. Christians try to avoid We judging. have to look at the book. Huh? Okay. We do have to look at the book at some point. <laughs> They're nice enough to give us free copies. So, All right, so first, some categorize moral statements as opinions rather than facts. Uh, and I think that's basically the moral relativity of our day. Mm -hmm. um, your belief about adultery is no different than my belief about vanilla over chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's just your opinion. Yeah. Well, that ignores the fact that there is a standard of justice. Right. There is a standard. We believe in that scripture. Second, some try to avoid judging by saying God, that God himself doesn't judge, so we shouldn't either, right? Yeah. Well, I don't think you've read scripture well enough. If, if, if you don't think God is a judge... Uh, and, um, that, and that Jesus you know, is the ultimate judge. Right. Uh, Jesus judged the Pharisees all the time. Yeah. Um, but we don't, we don't look at that because we think, aha, yeah, he's getting after the bad guys. He's not getting after me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then third, um, we aren't allowed to express moral judgments until we ourselves are completely pure. <laughs> well, that's never going to happen. Well, right. And, uh, I mean, it's just a, it's a silly notion that anybody's going to be... It's like you know, trying to say that er people can come at things without presuppositions. Yeah. I mean... We are all riddled with presuppositions because yeah. of where we are in our thinking, where our background is. Same thing with this whole judgment thing. I mean, you know, and that's, see, this is why it's so important in our country that we have the, the Constitution because it does lay out some things by which we can make decisions that will affect... That we're supposed to make decisions. Well, right, right. I mean, but, you know, the, the problem with the way things are interpreted today is people want to look at the Constitution as a living document, which means it can be changed. Yeah. And it can be, in a way, I mean, but you got to go through that it, whole yeah, process. The amendment process. Of, it doesn't just mean what uh, you want it to mean. Yeah. Yeah, right, and that's... Um, yeah. Getting back, to, uh, I want to uh, mention, reminded me of the, the essay C.S. Lewis wrote on bulverism. Are you familiar with bulverism? Mm -hmm. Well, he makes this imaginary story about a guy by the name of Mr. Bulver mm -hmm. um, and his wife, and um, basically she is, if I remember the story correctly, she is mad at him and basically says, well, you only think that because you're a man. And so it's attacking uh, the person rather than what they're saying. And that's where it could, that, that whole third argument about, well, you can't say anything as long as you have whatever, whatever, whatever in your life. Mm -hmm. And they're not actually looking at the accusation, they're trying to put it back on that person. Right. And, and again, the truth is, as Christians, we're not telling you that we are these perfect people that you need to follow us. Well, far, far from No, <laughs> we are sinners saved by grace. And again, that's why we need Jesus. Because yeah. I, I am messed up. And, and that's, that's why, for sure. Well, yes, I, I, knew, I knew you would agree with that. Um, I am messed up, but I, I know who isn't. And let yeah. me point you in that direction. That's the direction I'm trying to follow. I'm not there yet, but maybe you'll join me on the journey. 
Well, and that's the the uh, the whole contrast between light and darkness speaks to this. If Jesus is the light of the world, and then he says that you are the light of the world, meaning those who follow him, all we do is reflect his light. Yeah. It shines through us and out of us. It's, right. it's not that we are the light. I mean, that's you know, that can be a dangerous place for people to be, especially if you're a pastor and people start, well, they actually worship you instead of, or put you up on a pedestal instead of following the one that you're proclaiming. Yeah. And that, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's important because we talk about the light of truth. And there's really, there is a light of judgment that yeah. that needs to shine in our lives, and we need to not be afraid to deal with it, but also to take the time to deal with it correctly. Right. And we all do agree, say it, unsay it, whatever, there are some moral absolutes in life. Even the people who say everything is relative, or that's your truth, and this is my truth. Right. There are some certain, and, and he goes into uh, some of these things like theft. We all believe theft is wrong. Yeah. Even the thief believes it's wrong, you know, and we know that because if you try to steal his stuff, he's going to get offended. Yeah. Um, you know, murder is wrong. Um, you know, economic justice, we believe in, in the idea of a, of a justice system. Lying, things like that. There, there are some things that we all agree are, are, are wrong. So there are some, are some moral absolutes that we can, we can argue from. And then he, get, he, he winds up the chapter with this idea of how to communicate truth without being judgmental. So he goes through these ideas of trusting God. In other words, let God be the judge. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna let God settle the issue. Be humble, mm -hmm. realize that you know, you're, not, you're not the judge yourself. Dialogue Jesus's way, and we do that through asking thoughtful questions. We're not just here, uh, Jesus loved people mm -hmm. and cared for people, as we saw in John 8. Um, he, he's not just here to win an argument. Right. And that's so easy for us to do. Oh, yeah. It's just the, I'm going to attack you or whatever. Um, asking thoughtful questions. Like, you know, I get sometimes in my classroom the question, Ray, what do I do if I'm confronted by an atheist? What do I say? Mm -hmm. And my first thing is, well, I'd start with hi. <laughs> and then, hey, tell me your story. Tell me about yourself. Yep. Be conversational. Uh, and again, remember, this is not about winning an argument or, or uh, putting a little check mark on your, on your tally board about right. how many people you've converted or, or, or right. whatever. Right. You want to learn about this person, care about this person. Um, John, uh, not John, <laughs> Ray, uh, ah. we, ha we have a friend named John. Well, I do. On, on Facebook, who's an atheist. And uh. John, I know he listens to this sometimes. Yeah. Um, so he used to be a believer. Yes, okay. and he uh, he posted something recently on Facebook um, from it was a meme from I believe the Naked Pastor, and he basically said you know the the art of conversion is uh, yell at people, give them more Bible, give them more Bible, then condemn them and walk away or something like that, yeah. um, and that's what we want to avoid because right. again we are trying. Uh, but it started off with, excuse me, it started off with faking an interest. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, they're, they're, I do hear so much evangelistic approaches that it, it's like a, a sales pitch. Right. You hone it, mm -hmm. you, you develop it, yep. 
and then you attack. Well, and that's you know, um, the problem with that. People will see right through that. Yeah, and, and they do. And that's, that's so sad that that's the approach that people take, but that's the difference between conversions and making disciples. Yeah. Discipleship requires a lifetime commitment that is genuine, not not a plastic, uh, you know. Well, you know, Jesus loves me, and I want you to know about this. Well, that's what we we want people to know about that He loves them too, but we want to have an absolute sincere concern for people. Yeah. So, uh, ending off the chapter, uh, or I'm actually ending off this this podcast. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He, going on his, his his list here, listen to people, and getting to the root of the problem. Yeah. I think are 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 a really important thing too, because oftentimes the issue uh, at hand is not the issue <laughs> right. at all. Yep, it's um, just what's on the surface. You got to dig a little deeper. Yep. And so we're, we're saying all of this is, yes, we, we are to make judgments. We have to make judgments. But our goal is doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to convert or uh, to share the truth so that this person can be restored, this person can have the relationship with Christ that they should have mm-hmm. that ultimately brings joy and peace and satisfaction, mm-hmm. which involves love. Yeah. All right. Well, our recommended resource, obviously, we're recommending Unanswered Questions by Jeff Myers. Wait. I just did it, didn't I? Unquestioned answer. <laughs> oh, the streak is over. <laughs> you didn't even notice. I didn't. <laughs> uh, Unquestioned Answers by Jeff Myers. And he also mentions this other book in the chapter, and I want to, uh, he quotes from this book, I want to promote it to them. Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal by Ben Sass, Senator from Nebraska, mm-hmm. who I really think ought to be president one day. Um, he was a never-Trump guy like me. I don't know where he is right now. Uh, but he is a, he is a committed Christian, um, but re- wrote this great book. He's written another book as well that I recommend, but Them, Why We Hate Each Other and How to, and how to Heal by Senator uh, Ben Sass, who also wrote The Vanishing American Adult. That's the other book that... I wrote, but he was also written some Christian books as well. Um, but anyway, all right, well, Ray, I think it's time to wrap it up. Okay, let's go. <laughs> all right, well, um, don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You can find some, some of Ray's writings on that uh, and keep up to date with the podcast there. Uh, check out all of our recommended resources. Then check us out on Instagram at Basic Biblecast and Twitter at Basic Biblecast. So until next week, check out the Facebook page. Oh, Facebook page. That's right. I'm, check out our Facebook page. I'm getting close to the end of Isaiah finally. It is the second longest book in the Bible. It is. It is. I'm in chapter 60 finally. So this, so we're working our way to 66. Yep. And the next week and a half, I should finish with that, and then I'll probably go to the Gospel of John. That'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. So until next week, have a good rest of your week. Okay.